Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Jess Lewis Show. Can you believe this is episode number 10? It's kind of crazy to think I've been doing this for 10 weeks. I know I say this at the beginning of every episode, but after, again, waiting for like two years to start this thing, it's like, holy crap, I actually made it through 10 episodes. So that's cool. Um, all right, today, what am I going to talk about? I usually give you the little update on the homestead. I'm going to make that pretty brief. And then I'm trying to decide between two topics to talk about today, so we'll kind of see where my ramblings go. So update on the homestead. We are in progress with our chick shell, which is our mobile chicken tractor, mobile chicken coop, and that is coming along really well. It looks super cute. Matt is doing a great job. What else is going on? That's kind of been our focus. It's taken a lot of work. We're just kind of like making this from scratch based on the Justin Rhodes chick shell, but changing a few things, so Matt's kind of had to innovate and make it from scratch, which takes a little bit longer, takes a few trips back and forth to Lowe's, but it is coming along well. As far as anything else on the homestead, the little baby chicks are three weeks old today. They're getting bigger. We still have our little runt one that is on the struggle bus. She's still like straining to poop. I know, TMI, but she seems to be doing a little better, gaining a little bit of weight, so we're going to keep trying to work with her and hopefully she makes it. If she doesn't, nature will take its course because I just could not come to terms with us taking that into our own hands and like calling her. So unless she gets worse, we're going to just keep doing what we're doing and hopefully she makes it. So there's that. And that's pretty much it. We've been just focusing on building the chicken tractor and getting our usual work done. And that's, that's it. We haven't really spent much time on the yard um, because we've been doing the chicken tractor building, but we do need to mow our human lawn and get back to raking up stuff and picking up debris. We'll probably have our neighbor come over and mow the one area of our yard that might be a little bit difficult for our um, mower to get. So that's kind of it. That's where we're at with that. So what are we going to talk about today? So I have two topics in mind. One is just kind of a rambling on like the weirdness of where life takes you. And the other idea I had, I just totally forgot what it was. So we're just going to do a Jess rambling on my Jess story. Oh, I remember what the other one is. I think we'll leave that for another day. Okay, so Matt and I were talking the other day about how much we love our new house and our new property. So if you've never listened before, we just bought on June 19th. So what's today? Like August 10th. So we're almost, almost two months into owning our homestead. And we have seven acres out in um, the like Cookville, Sparta area of Middle Tennessee, which is technically called the Upper Cumberland area of Tennessee. And we love it. Is it the perfect house? Is it the house in my dreams that I thought I was going to have? No. But when you're looking for property, there's this thing called reality <laughs> that I had to come to terms with on our house hunt. But I'll talk about that more at the end. So what we were talking about is like how much we're excited that we have the land, the amount of land that we do. So like I said, we have seven acres. And our house is just shy of 1,300 square feet with the two-car attached garage, which is bigger than a two-car garage because the ceilings are super high and it's a pretty deep garage. And it's crazy because if you would have asked Matt and I two years ago where we thought we would be today, it would not be in the middle of Tennessee in a rural area on a property with seven acres in a traditional house. We left Chicago back in... May, end of May, beginning of June of 2018. So again, if you do, whether you do or don't know the story, it's crazy to think that was two years ago, but we, I sold, or I sold, I closed my gym, sold off all the equipment, um, 
and end of that chapter of my life that was basically the focus of my life for the majority of my adulthood. And that was a bittersweet situation. And we also sold my townhouse. I had bought that townhouse five years prior on my own after years of, I went through bankruptcy, I was renting. So that townhouse represented a big milestone for me in my journey financially and to get myself back to kind of a healthy financial, personal state of being that I could buy this townhouse and get a mortgage and pay for it and all that. So we sold the townhouse and we up and moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. Matt and I had never been to Raleigh. I think we had flown in once when we went to the beach one year, but we'd never spent any time in Raleigh. We had originally thought, so let's back up. So that's what happened in, two years ago. But we had originally thought back when we were sitting in our living room in Downsville, Illinois, in the probably like January of 2018 or maybe the winter of 2017, we started to go, we want to get out of Illinois. We want to move. We want to move on to the next phase of our life. At that point, I really could not foresee where my life would take me when my gym was my life, when running that business was basically defined who I was. And so it was hard to think, well, what would that look like? How do I close the gym? How does this happen? So as the months went by, probably like the fall of 2017, Matt and I started talking about this dream of like having a tiny house. We would spend hours watching on YouTube, tiny house stuff, and we had really become minimalists in our life. We'd always been both pretty much minimalists as far as not owning a lot of things and not liking clutter. So we kind of fell in love with the tiny house thing and started to research things. And we're like, how can we do this? We could totally pull off living in a tiny house and all of that. So that was like the fall of 2017. And again, I was still trying to think of how would I even close the gym? What would I even do after I close the gym? And we all the while still had Knockout Print Shop, which is our planner sticker shop. But I couldn't even imagine living, even though it made a good amount of money for us, I couldn't imagine not having the income of the gym or the responsibility of the gym. But things started to happen in the fitness space and just kind of with where I was going with the gym, where um, I had made a bunch of changes to how I was running the gym and what I was offering, and that created a decrease in membership. And things started to change, and it started to really quickly become apparent that if I were to close the gym now, this was the best time. Things were kind of at an all-time low. They were still sustainable, but they were at an all-time low. And had I, I, I 150% believe, had we stayed in Chicago and I kept trucking along with my model that I had introduced, that I would have been able to rebuild kind of a new version of my gym. But I was kind of in a mental space where it was time for me to move on. So the timing of the gym being slower and me mentally being at a point where I'm like, I need to, I need to move on. I need to close this chapter and move on. It all kind of worked out. So in the winter of 2018, we started to seriously consider moving and started to do some research. And we'd always thought we wanted to live in North Carolina. We like North Carolina a lot. Matt has some family there. We originally thought we would live by the beach. Um, like near the Wilmington area. And again, we were still focused on one day living in a tiny house. So we originally thought Wilmington or the beach area, um, but that changed, I think, twofold. After we'd done some research, we weren't sure that Wilmington was the best fit for us. And as much as we liked the beach, I'm not going to lie, I was a little apprehensive about the whole hurricane thing. And we thought, well, maybe we'll pick Raleigh. It's the center of the state. We had read that it's one of the top growing cities. 
there were so many things that were positive about Raleigh, North Carolina, so we thought, let's give it a try. We didn't really want to be in the mountains too far like Asheville, and Charlotte wasn't really appealing to me. It's a bit bigger of a city, and we didn't want that much of city life, so Raleigh we thought was like a good in-between. We thought, well, we live in a bigger city, then it wouldn't be a suburb, and um, we'd be in between the beach and the mountains, and this would be a cool place to be, and again, it was an up-and-coming city. So I closed the gym. I think it was the end of April of 2018, like the 26th or something like that, and we put our house on the market, and within a couple days, it went under contract. So we, as soon as we were in the contract, we literally packed up the Honda CRV, put the dogs with my parents, and we drove down to Raleigh, North Carolina for the first time in our whole entire lives. And we looked at apartments for like three days. And we finally found an apartment. Obviously, there was stress during that phase of like getting the apartment, and there was some like, you know, selling a house issues, but it ended up all working out, long story short. And we moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, again, that was the first time we'd ever been there, and we literally drove around and we're like, okay, we're living here. Now, when I when we got there, I was not super keen on Raleigh. I was like, this is not what I expected. I didn't like instantly fall in love with Raleigh. I thought it was cute. It had a cute vibe, but there was something about it that just didn't feel like it was, it was right. And I sat there at lunch one day when we were there to house hunting or apartment hunting, and Matt's like, well, what do you want to do if you're not digging this? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm like, I guess we can handle this for a year. So even though, and I thought, well, maybe it's just because it's new, I'm scared, there's so much unknown, I'm leaving my gym, my house, all of these things, maybe it's just anxiety. So whatever, we did what we did, we, we signed a lease for an apartment, drove back to Downers Grove, and proceeded to go through with our house sale. And, you know, all the anxiety and stress that goes with that. But everything went through and we moved to Raleigh in, I think it was like the end of May of 2018. And we had a great apartment and it was, it was definitely fun. Like when we first moved, it felt like we were on vacation. Um, I moved a ton as a kid, but I hadn't moved out of state since I was probably, I don't know, like sixth grade. So, I mean, now I'm almost 40. Next month I'll be 40. So that was a long time ago. I'm used to moving a lot, even, you know, in-town moves. And I moved a lot as a kid, but I hadn't moved to a new state in a long time. So it felt like we were on vacation at first. And we really did enjoy Raleigh. There was a lot of things we liked about Raleigh. And at one point we thought, okay, we're going to live in Raleigh. So we started, the tiny house thing kind of fell by the wayside. And we started to think about maybe getting a cute little house in Raleigh. So we started looking around and stuff and, you know, seeing what was out there. And we really couldn't find anything that was what we wanted. We did like a cute little suburb outside of Raleigh called Clayton. We looked around there. We thought, well, maybe we'll buy land and build a house. We started to get this idea that maybe we could buy land and maybe we could build a small house or something like that. But we were finding because Raleigh was such an up and coming area, it was kind of out of our price range and we weren't absolutely in love with it. So we thought, okay, well, what are we going to do now? We can't live in Raleigh. We're not really into it. It's a little, even though it's basically like an oversized suburb, it's not really as urban as like a big city. It still was a little too city for us because at the end of the day, we're more suburban and not more rural than we are city folk. So we started to look around at other places in North Carolina. Like, well, maybe we do want to be by the beach. We drive out to Wilmington and we look around and like, this is, just doesn't feel right. This isn't it. And so we're like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We kept like this tiny house thing kept being in the back of our mind. So finally we did some more research and we're like, there's a tiny house community outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Let's go stay there for a weekend and see what we think. 
So we stayed in the tiniest community, super cute community. Obviously, it's outside of Asheville, beautiful area, close to Asheville. We were literally, you guys, like 10 minutes from signing a contract to buy a tiny house in this community. And we were like, we could make this work, even though it's small and it's not like a custom tiny, like we could do this. This would be great. And we really were thinking like, this is exciting. This is going to be it. It'll be cool to be in this little community. And then we started to realize, no, something about this isn't going to be, this isn't for us. The price for this tiny house was more than we wanted to spend. Plus you, when you're in tiniest community, you kind of have like this thing called like a land lease and that pays for your like sales tax or not sorry, sales tax, your different taxes and amenities. Cause you're kind of looking, it's kind of like an HOA fee in a, in a way. We were minutes from buying this place and moving forward with it. And something in that eyes, both in our guts were like, this is not for us. So as much as we liked it, we're like back to Raleigh we go. And we're like, okay, now what in the heck do we do? Where do we go? We spent all this time back in Chicago thinking one day we'd end up with a tiny house. And now we were so close to doing it and we're not going to do it. But we were still in this like tiny house mode. So like, where can we find land and put a tiny house? It was like, we just thought tiny house was a solution. So we started looking all over North Carolina, Winston-Salem, the suburbs of Winston-Salem. That's where Matt's family is outside of Winston-Salem. We looked outside of Greensboro. We looked in all different places. We thought, well, maybe we'll rent one more year. We'll get away from Raleigh. We'll get closer to Winston-Salem because we really like Winston-Salem and being closer to his family, his aunt and uncles. Um, and we found a few couple. Maybe we'll rent one more year. We started looking at apartments. We're looking at houses. We're looking at different things. We're like, this just isn't, this isn't, but this is, this is not working. This is not where we want to be. Um, we even were kind of toying with the idea of asking his aunt and his uncle both have property outskirts of Winston. We were thinking about asking them. Maybe they could sell us some land or we could build a tiny on their land. And they're like, do we really want a tiny house? You know, we're spending, if we build it ourselves or even have something to build it, you're looking at 90, 100 and something thousand dollars for this small space. The concept of minimizing is even more than we are here is great. But is that really, really what we want and where we want to put our money? You know, at first we were kind of in love with this idea of like, well, if you have a tiny house, you can move your house. And then at this time we were kind of feeling like gypsies. So we thought, well, that would be great. We can move our house instead of having a new apartment. But then you go through all the logistics of like, where, how can you park your tiny house? How can you find land and places to put it? A lot of that, you know, if you've ever researched or seen things about tiny houses, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. So we keep searching and searching and searching and we just can't figure out what to do. Now, when we first left Chicago, not only were we in this like obsession with tiny houses, we also were in this mindset that we were going to be gypsies. We're like, we have this online business. We have knockout print shop. And I was doing a little bit of online coaching with my former members. We can live anywhere. So until this thing doesn't sustain itself anymore, and we have to get like out of the home jobs. We can live anywhere. So we'll live in Raleigh. Maybe we'll move to Nashville. Maybe we'll do this. So that was the other piece. It's like we weren't in this space initially where we wanted to buy. We thought, we'll just rent to the point where, you know, Matt was giving away some of the stuff we had in our garage back home in Downers Grove. And we were um, selling off more furniture than we needed because we thought we're just going to be traveling and living in different places. We don't need all this stuff. So the tiny house thing, we, after a bit of research, we found that it wasn't going to work. Another reason we were kind of keen on staying in North Carolina initially is my parents had thought about and still kind of consider living in North or South Carolina. So we thought, well, maybe all of our family will eventually end up in this area. So we'll all be back together again. My parents are still in Illinois. So that hasn't happened yet two years later. 
Um, so we kind of decided the tiny house thing wasn't for us, but now we're like, now what do we do? We don't really love Raleigh. We're not super happy here. We're not miserable. We're not happy here. The tiny house thing has kind of lost its luster, and we're realizing that's not a good fit for our lifestyle. I had started to really research homesteading and farming and sustainable living and all of that and wanted to become more self-sufficient. So I'm like, well, tiny house could work for that, but I also feel like it might not. And there's a lot of logistics with tinies that go into place that make it harder than it seems online on YouTube and all that. So then we started to think, well, wait, maybe we like being able to move around. Let's live in a van. So for a while we became obsessed with van life and we started doing the research and like itemizing how much it would cost. And let's, you know, maybe after our lease in Raleigh, we'll spend some time doing that. Cause I'm like, how could we make our print shop mobile? We need like a whole entire thing. Well, maybe if the print shop doesn't make it through and we aren't making money, we can close the print shop and we can live in a van for a year. So we were like hardcore about this, like living in a van thing. And then we started to realize, no, that's not really it either. So you could see like we kept trying to figure out what was right for us. What, where did we need to be? What was the next step? Where, what do we truly need? We were trying to figure all of this out. And over even this course of a year in Raleigh, things had changed so much. And the irony was when we lived in the apartment, we thought we were going to love living in an apartment and the freedom that came with that. But very quickly, we were like, this sucks. Apartment living is just not for us. Um, we missed having more of our own space. We missed having a garage. We missed being able to decorate our house and not having to, you know, deal with repainting things or hanging up, you know, the whole thing of renting. So we're like, how do we, what do we do? Now what do we do? What the heck do we want? Where do we need? And we, it was stressful. We spent a lot of time um, just kind of like on this emotional roller coaster trying to figure out what we wanted, where we wanted to be. Again, so the tiny house thing kind of dissipated. The van life thing became really quickly not the path we wanted to go. And, and North Carolina became a not viable option for us from a um, cost perspective. And we just really weren't feeling drawn to any of the towns we were visiting. And we drove all around North Carolina, probably except for like the Charlotte area, because that never really appealed to me. So we decided maybe we need to look in Tennessee. So start doing some research in Tennessee. And we'd always kind of thought before we moved to Raleigh that we may, we also considered Nashville at that time. And we chose Raleigh because at the time it was a little bit cheaper. And we thought, okay, well, maybe we could try Tennessee. And we thought, well, maybe we will go to a more, we like the mountains, but not like being, I didn't like Asheville because I always felt like I was living in a forest. I always felt like it was just a little, not, not the landscape I was looking for, but I always loved Tennessee because even though there's forested areas of Tennessee and mountains in Tennessee, it has a lot more open kind of rolling hills feel. I like the topography of Tennessee. So we're like, okay, maybe we'll move to Tennessee. So the first thing we tried was the Tri-Cities, which is the northeastern corner of Tennessee, which is um, Johnson City, Kingsport, that area over there. Really gorgeous area, but it just, we, we stayed in a hotel, packed up the dogs, we stayed in a hotel for a few days, drove around, looked at all different apartments, cost of living is phenomenal out there. There's just not a lot of opportunity from what we saw, and we didn't really, it just didn't really vibe with us. You know, you like visit a place and you kind of instantly know if you like it or not. It was okay. Like we weren't totally into it. Gorgeous again, but not into it. So spent a few days there, drove back to Raleigh. Like we said, well, that's not going to work. Where in the hell are we going to live? What are we going to do next? We have to figure this out because our lease is coming to an end and we don't want to stay in North Carolina. So we're like, well, 
maybe we head out near Nashville. Maybe it is Nashville. We had talked about this back in Chicago. Maybe let's make the eight-hour drive from Raleigh to Nashville and let's check out Nashville. Now, we weren't wanting to live in the city of Nashville. We really realized we're not city people. So we started checking out the suburbs, um, Hendersonville, Gallatin, Lebanon, Mount Juliet, all of that. So we packed the car, packed the dogs up in the Honda again and headed out to Nashville and, um, or the suburbs, I should say. And we found a place in Gallatin, in our apartment. So we really did like, we did like it. Once we got to Tennessee and we're driving around the Nashville area, we did like it. We got a good vibe from it. We liked it. We thought Gallatin was, you know, we liked Gallatin. We liked the apartment we looked at in Gallatin. So we signed a lease and that was that. We found a place to live. So we um, signed a lease very early and then we were um, stuck in Raleigh for a few more months, which felt like a painful amount of months. Again, Raleigh is a great, beautiful town. If you are somebody that has a traditional life, a regular nine to five job and kids, it is a wonderful, wonderful place to live. But we are more non-traditional and it just didn't feel like the right fit for us. So we were there and just waited and waited and waited the months to finally move to Tennessee. And finally it gets there. It's like the end of May again, early, I think it was end of May. And we pack up the car and max truck and we head to Gallatin. And we lived in Gallatin and we liked it. Originally it was nice. It felt more like home. Gallatin is very, in the whole suburbs of Tennessee, uh, as that city has grown, feels more and more like your typical metropolis like you know it, it felt more like Downers Grove and Woodridge back home in Chicago and suburbs that we were used to so it felt very easy to be back in a suburb versus a city it felt comfortable and um we liked it so we started to look around at houses and I'm like okay originally so I started to get more and more interested in this homesteading thing this farming thing living a more self-sufficient life the tiny house thing was kind of out of the picture um, and we started to, I joined a Facebook group on, um, like homesteaders of middle Tennessee to start to figure out where should we live in Tennessee? Can we get some property? So now this went from, again, living in a tiny house with like no land or living in a van or renting again to now I'm like, it'd be so cool to have a little bit of land. At the time I'm thinking like an acre, like we could like have a little garden and some chickens on an acre. So start posting in this Facebook group to try to figure out what, um, you know, where to go, what to look at, blah, blah, blah. And at the time I was thinking, okay, we want like an acre. We want to either buy an acre and then build a tiny house. Because in my mind, I'm thinking we don't need this much space. We've lived in this thousand square foot apartment for the past two years. We don't need a lot of space and, or finding a small house. So originally our search was combined to about an acre of land and a thousand square foot or less home size. And then starts the stressful nine months of trying to find a house in Tennessee. We realized we did want to buy in Tennessee. We loved the, again, the topography of Tennessee, the vibe, the people are so friendly. It just felt like home. We liked Tennessee a lot. The waterfalls, the outdoor stuff, it is just a gorgeous, gorgeous place. It just felt right for us. So, you know, we thought about living closer to Nashville in one of the suburbs like Lebanon, Mount Juliet, Gallatin, but Nashville is a growing and so are the suburbs and it's getting to be expensive just like anything urban sprawl in a popular town Nashville is ever growing and it's expensive and it's harder and harder to come by land so we're trying to kind of look outside further and further from Nashville places like Bethpage um, different areas of Sumner County Wilson County and what we would find in our price range wasn't bad but it wasn't also amazing a lot of the homes were um, for the price not in 
not in a horrible state, but just not for that price where we want to be. So we start looking, we get a great realtor. She's awesome. And, um, we look at tons of houses. Now one day Matt and I are out and we were, I think a couple hours outside of Nashville hiking and at a waterfall. And we happened to drive up through Cookville, Tennessee. And, um, I'd heard, you know, nice, like cool things about it. And we went to a coffee shop on the way home and I'm like, this town is really cute. So we venture out just to explore again, and we totally fall in love with Cookville. The benefit of Cookville is that because it's further out from a major city, the home prices are better, and you get a little bit more land. Now, Cookville is a little town, which is about 34,000, 35,000 people, so it's a good like suburban-sized town, is growing, and the houses in town are more your traditional suburb complexes, things like that but they still have farmland and houses on the outside of town that are out of the city limits that have a little bit to a lot of land. So we start looking out there with our realtor, we find a house, and at this time we're still looking for either land that we can build a tiny house or building or having a house at land with a smaller home. So we do find this house that's about an acre and it's like a 900 square foot home and we go under contract with it. Long story short, it ends up not working out after inspection. We don't do it. But what we realize in this, this house, like this 900 square foot house, is we start to think, yes, we could totally live in this house if it was like an apartment. But when it comes to the fact that we are going to be in this house and growing as far as like becoming uh, self-sufficient and we need space for um, lawn equipment and canning and all of these things, this little house doesn't leave us a lot of room for storage. It was the you know I was obsessed with having an old-fashioned farmhouse, which this was. But it, like side note, farmhouses do not have good storage when they were built like you know before 1980. So you know, anyways, it worked out to the to our benefit to not get that house because while we could live in a 900 square foot house, there wasn't a lot of storage. Didn't make you know if we didn't have our print shop, it might be fine. But it was only two bedrooms and one bath. It ended up good that it didn't work out. The hunt continues. We go back and forth between looking around Cookville to looking closer to Nashville. We look at tons and tons of houses. And again, I'm kind of obsessed with this idea of having a farmhouse. I wanted a farmhouse, an old-fashioned farmhouse. But we're realizing every time we look at these farmhouses is that, you know, houses were different back then. People's lifestyles were a bit different back then. The layouts are kind of weird. The storage is kind of crappy. You sometimes don't know what you're going to get with a farmhouse. Um, and they're kind of Again, like the look of them, love it. But I was realizing that my dream might be a little bit of a, not a good reality for us and our needs. Again, I still wanted a certain look, but I was starting to realize the look of the home needed to be get deprioritized to getting the other things that we wanted, like the right amount of space in a home and the right amount of land. So we find another house out in Cookville again, that had almost nine acres and was a 1200 square foot house and it seemed perfect. It didn't have a garage, but the land was really nice and the house, well, I think it was built in the 80s or 90s, 70s, I don't remember. So a little more updated as far as the fact that it had bigger closets, but as far as updates like to aesthetics, it was old and needed um, some modernization. Unfortunately, inspection showed massive structural issues and foundation issues, so that didn't work out. But the taste of possibly being able to afford up to nine acres got Matt and I both in this idea that we seriously did want land. So again, if you think back to the beginning of my story when I'm telling you 
We only wanted a tiny house. We weren't even thinking about land. We wanted small, minimized. Everything's better when less is more, which I still agree with most things. Um, but, and now we're looking at regular size homes. So we realized that 900 square foot home wasn't great. We needed something that was more like 1,200 square feet, which is actually what we had back in Downers Grove in my townhouse, which was a great square footage for us. And we're like, we really want a garage because we want to have our garage gym. We want it to be as self-sufficient as possible and not have to spend money on gym memberships. We're going to put where our, our gym equipment. Matt wanted to be able to work on the cars. So we, you know, he's a trained mechanic. We don't want to have to pay people to do oil changes. We wanted to be able to do as much by ourselves as we wanted. So we quickly realized, okay, this tiny house thing is cool, but for what we want for our life and the dream we have for our lifestyle in this next chapter, tiny house is not going to cut it. So, but we got this taste of like, oh, could we have more land? So that was, got even Matt, because Matt wasn't really into the homesteading thing at first. He was just kind of like, I don't even care. We could have like a half acre. I'm just like, I want to own the house. Well, once we almost got that house that had nine acres, he got a little more interested in the idea of having land and all the possibilities from building things and having animals and things like that. So with this whole weird COVID pandemic thing and just where the world is at, house like buying became weird. There was even already going into 2020, housing inventory was really low. We were already having a really hard time finding in our price point and what we were looking for, finding houses. So we got to the point probably, I don't even remember when it was, back in April or something of this year. Like, you know what? Maybe we're better off renting. Let's rent out in Cookville, make sure we really like it. Quit putting this, quit trying to force this from happening because we really wanted to be out in Cookville and there's just no inventory out here. Like, let's just, let's just let go. Let's let go. Quit trying to force it. We'll rent. We'll start looking for rentals. It'll be okay. And then we'll be closer to Cookville so we can start looking around that area, Cookville, Sparta, Livingston, the Upper Cumberland area, and we can more easily house hunt out there versus having to drive 90 minutes because Cookville is about 90 minutes from where we were outside of Nashville. Well, no sooner did we let go than all of a sudden a house pops up in the market um, out in the Cookville Sparta area. And my realtor instantly emails us and I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, it's seven acres. This house has an attached garage. Like, holy crap, let's go look at it. So we go and look at this house and um, it's like a house that was bought by an investor. So it's got, you know, some nice updates on the inside. It's seven acres, about half of it's cleared, half of it's forest. It's private. And when I say forest, there's still a lot cleared. So you do kind of have like a little bit of a pasture and you have tree lining all around the house. So it's private. No, you can't see your neighbors. It has this huge two car um, attached garage. It's three bedroom, two bath. It's not oversized. Our furniture would fit perfectly in it. It's, you know, just shy of 1300 square feet. It's got a little deck. It has all these things I wanted. And Matt was like, I love this house. Let's just buy this house. Now, here's me a little apprehensive because the land is not exactly what I wanted. In my mind, again, I'm like, I want to have a farmhouse and these like, you know, pastures and all of this stuff, you know, for the animals I don't have and don't know how to raise. And Matt's like, okay, I get that. But like, we've learned that farmhouses do not have the layout that we're looking for. When else are we going to be able to afford seven acres? We have privacy here and, you know, like, we don't need to have seven acres cleared, and it has so many things that we have been looking for. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm just being weird because in my mind I had resigned to the fact that we'll just rent. We'll just rent. We don't need to worry about buying. 
Long story short, we go back and look at it a couple more times. Seller works with us. We get the price. We come to a great agreement on price and we buy this house. So why am I telling you this story? So now we have our homestead, which basically homestead means like a mini self-sustaining farm. So we're just trying to get to the point where we have animals that we can take care of and use for food and grow our own food and things like that. So we don't have plans, at least at this point, on selling any stuff that, you know, eggs or meat or vegetables. All of this we're doing for our own, ourselves, just to be self-sufficient and enjoy being outside and working on land and trying to bring the land back to, you know, its glory and all of that stuff. So why am I telling you all of this long-winded 30-minute story? Well, I'm telling you to, to tell you that it is crazy where life will bring you again. I never in a million years thought I wouldn't have my gym. If somebody would have told me a couple years ago, yeah, you're going to close the gym and move and, and try to farm. I'd be like, who, what in the hell? No way. And then if somebody would have told me that I'd even, you know, when I was in this mindset of like minimalism and wanting tiny this and not having any things and gone to the backbrack of a normal traditional house built in the early 2000s to seven acres, I'd be like, you're crazy. There's no way. So it's really interesting to see as you grow and as you figure out where you're supposed to be, what you need and what's right for you, that your journey is going to take you everywhere. I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is letting life take you where you need to be, like not fighting it. There's going to be times when you get frustrated and defeated and definitely upset, sad, angry, all of that. But if you just keep going, it feels weird to just kind of like trust and have faith that you'll end up where you're supposed to be. And when I think back to it, that's always where life has taken me. You know, when I opened my gym, when I got my psychology degree, all of these things, life just took me on this path where I was supposed to be. I mean, I got my master's in clinical psychology and thought I was going to be a, you know, I was a therapist for a little while. There was a time I thought I was going to work in a criminal justice system. And just every step that I pursued that I didn't think would lead to the next step always led me like exactly where I was supposed to be. So I think sometimes it's just letting go and not fighting it. Um, when you try to force things, I think it just becomes frustrating and you don't get anywhere. So sometimes you just have to let things unfold and trust the process and trust that you can handle whatever comes your way and that to enjoy the journey of getting to where you want to be. It's not a straight line. It'll have bumps. You'll take weird turns. And you'll look back in a few years and think, wow, I never thought I would be where I am now. You could have created the plan in your head, right? Like we have this little day-to-day -day plan of making sure we keep trucking along to pursue our goals. And that is something I always did. We didn't live in a tiny house yet, but we minimized and we decluttered and we kept living as if we did have those things. You know, that we were living in a minimalist home like a tiny house. We lived as if like that's what we were doing and pursuing. So we, we were putting those that lifestyle and those behaviors into motion. You know, when we um, decided to become more self-sufficient, I started, Matt and I both started doing things to learn homesteading skills before we had a homestead. We're making kombucha and water keeper and sourdough and, you know, growing stuff in our apartment and learning how to make all of our own products and eating local and all of that stuff. We did those things far before we had our homestead and just learning and learning. So you don't realize the skills that you're currently building and how they can start to help you reach where you want to go. And I think that's the key. If you're trying to get somewhere, um, and even if that, that somewhere changes, even if 
point B that you're trying to get to becomes irrelevant. Like ours at the tiny house thing became a non thing. Um, and it became a new destination. All of the things that we learned and practiced and did and habits that we put into place all helped us get to where we are now. And I think it makes us really appreciate where we are now that there was a time where we felt so lost after we closed the gym and uh, sold the house and moved around and we just didn't know where home was going to be. And the one thing we realized is apartment living wasn't for us. As much as we thought we were gypsies and we were beyond grateful for the journey of being able to try different places, that we truly wanted to plant roots. We wanted to have a community. We wanted to have neighbors. We wanted to have a home and a place that we could call our own and build and grow. And so I think at the end of the day, something about that was there all along and we finally got there. It was just a crazy weird couple of year journey. So I'm going to quit, quit rambling because this, this podcast is more like a story than a lesson maybe. I don't know. So let me know your thoughts. Are you in a place today where you never thought you would be? Um, can you relate to my story? Do you wish that you were in a place that you aren't now? And what can you do to start to get to that place? It might seem scary or far out of reach. Again, if somebody would have told me a couple years ago I would have closed my gym, I would have said they were out of their mind. I could have never imagined what was next for me. And that's terrifying when you've invested your life in one thing. So um, if you're in a place where you're ready to move on to a new chapter, it's going to be scary. But I say go with the flow, take little steps, and who knows where you'll be in two, four, or five years. All right, guys. Well, that is the episode for today. I hope you enjoyed listening to my story of who knew I'd be where I am now. If you are interested in following me on Instagram, my usual plug, Jessica underscore M underscore Lewis. You can find my website, jessmlewis.com. And as usual, you can always email me at hello at jessmlewis.com. And if you are looking for a at-home um, strength training program, if you visit my website, jessmlewis.com, you will find my program, Minimal Strength. So that's my shameless plug. A uh, plug. This episode is brought to you by Jess Lewis's Minimal Strength Program. <laughs> So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed my story. Share with me your story. I love to hear other people's journeys and I will talk to you in the next episode.